This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources. All available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast. Welcome to I Work For Him. You know, every day we try to bring a challenge, some way to equip you to more effectively connect what you hear on Sunday with what you do in your nine to five and why is that important so that you have the ability so that you know that you've been commissioned to bring the freedom that you have in jesus with you each and every day to work because the people that you work with the people that you work alongside they need to meet jesus and you may be their only chance however you're listening to the show today just know that we've prayed for you that something we say will cause just you to think deeper about your faith and maybe be inspired to start a similar ministry to the ministry we're focusing on today. Check us out online at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com, or on Facebook, iworkforhim. Check us out. Be part of us. Like us. Download the podcast if you can't listen to the show regularly every day. And just subscribe on iTunes or right through I Work For Him. We can send you a weekly email with all the past five shows. Bike, bicycles and Jesus, what do they have in common? How do bikes fit into the Great Commission? Well... Today, you're going to find out. In our daily effort to uncover Christ followers across America who are living out their faith and impacting the world around them, especially in their workplaces, today, you're going to hear bicycle stories. In 1978, Queen wrote a song about wanting to ride their bicycles, but that privilege isn't available to just just everyone. Bikes cost money, and some people don't have the money to buy a bike. So what do we do with that information? How do we respond to that need? Two guys here in Tampa Bay turned that problem into a solution and made it Jesus-focused. Today, we're going to talk with Pat Simmons from Bikes for Christ and John Dengler with Well-Built Bikes about their two bike ministries and how they're living out their I work for him mentality each and every day. Pat, John, welcome to I work for him. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And, and it's unusual for us to have two ministries on the show at the same time. But because these ministries were both bike focused, I gave these guys the option. Do you want to share the airwaves or do you want to have separate shows? One half and one half. And these guys said, no, let's let's do this together. Because as you will find out, the ministries really, I believe God will use them synergistically. And both of these guys are going to cast a vision for a ministry that you could reproduce in a city near you. All right, so Pat, you first because you're looking, you're right in front of me. When you hear "I work for him," how does that resonate with you? What does that mean to you? Well, with me, as far as our mission field, I guess it's a little bit different from your mission field. Your mission field that uh, you're trying to reach is in the workplace, for the most part. We are obviously out in a different mission field, and you know, we try to share the gospel with everybody that we come into whether it's giving a bicycle and a Bible along with that, or if we're doing an event um, and someone just comes up to our table, we want to make sure that they know that that's what we do is we share the gospel. That's the main main thing. The bicycle is just a segue to get the gospel into their hands. That wasn't meant to be a pun because a segue is not a bicycle, really. It's like a <laughs> unicycle with two wheels. Okay, John Dingler, talk to me about... How when you hear I work for him, what is how, just comment on that? What how's that how does that impact you? Well, the first thing I thought when I heard that is I do. Um 
that I, I, in my mind, faith is action. It is work. It is something we do. And I know that for you guys, like I've listened and looked in, it's, it's, uh, in the workplace and people talk about, like, for me, it really hit me because people talk a lot about a work life divide and that has never made any sense to me, um, personally, cause I'm not someone with a job, but with a calling, a vocation, a passion an obsession, whatever, but like an integration of those things. And I think that kind of is the message, it I guess, is. of what you guys are trying to do as well. And it's like, yeah, wherever you are, it's like put in work, even if you're at work. Well, and really the, the idea is that Jesus didn't call us to half a life, you know, the life outside of a workplace. He called us to, I mean, he said, Hey, I want to be Lord, the whole thing. I want you to go all in with me. And, and a lot of people we've learned through our culture to segment our lives. Yet as Christ followers, we need to unsegment it and let Christ infiltrate every part of it. So I lo- I know your workplaces are different, but no matter it's no matter where we go. That's right. Our, our ability to serve Christ and to bring the kingdom in small little pieces, it, it can happen anywhere we go. And, and you guys are doing it with bikes. All right. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. This means, and I love the New Living Translation, so I'm always using that version as much as I can. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Pat, how does this relate to what you do with bicycles, bringing on new life? Well, the first life that we have to restore is the bicycle itself because we we get all our bikes donated, and so we have to fix them up. 85% of what we get needs some type of work. Once we give the bicycles out through one of our organizations that we work through, a Bible goes along with it. So we restore the bicycle first, but then we try to restore the person secondly with the gift of a Bible, and hopefully that's going to set them on the right path uh, to find eternal salvation, help them both in this life and get them to the next life. All right, we're going to talk specifically about more uh Pat, about what Bikes for Christ does in giving those bikes out. But I love that example. So, John, what about for you? When when you hear that 2 Corinthians 5, 17, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. How is your How does this relate to you bringing new life to what you do each and every day with bicycles? Well, I got to tell you, for me, the first thing I think of has nothing to do with bikes. And okay. bikes actually are incidental to what we do. So Well-Built Bikes has grown out of a ministry called The Well, basically a group of us committed to just standing with the poor, the disadvantaged, the isolated throughout our city. And then we do that in a lot of different ways. And bikes is one one manifestation of that. But we were doing a drop-in center for a while. And I, and I always think about this. These people would come in to take a shower and go in and come out. And I remember thinking, I've never seen a more tangible, like new creation immediate. Like this is a new human being that just came out of here. But I see that over time in relationships where isolated people come into community which is really what bikes are a tool for, for us. Really everything we're doing is an excuse to be in relationship that might be gardening, that might, but it sometimes is wrenching on a bike, which incidentally is what we're doing at well-built bikes. I love that. And, and yeah, you're talking about a homeless person who spent a lot of time on the street being able to go take a shower. I mean, there's a, there's a market difference between when they go in and when they come out. Well, I mean, it is for me too, right? But yeah. just the dirtier you are, the yeah. longer it's been, the bigger the change, you know? And, uh, and that kind of change is seen in a, in a major way in just, I don't know, the, a, a different kind of cleanliness that comes with uh, community and an encounter with God and a, and a new mind and heart or whatever. And we see that, that kind of transformation that we see immediately in coming out of a shower. And John, your ministry can be found online at bikeshoptampa.com, bikeshoptampa.com, mm-hmm. or online at Well Built Bikes. John, how did you come to Christ? Uh, and, LSD. 
So, Tell me about it. Yeah, so I was in college, and it was a few years after a car accident, major depression, this and that, and I was into a lot of drugs. Uh, and I was I loved LSD. I took acid constantly, but one night uh, I I met God. I took acid. I've never been the same since. I it wrecked me. Now that's how I became. That's how I encounter had an encounter with God, an epiphany, theophany, whatever you want to call it. Um, but then it's every day that I'm trying to discipline myself to actually be a follower of Jesus, like in life and practice. Right. So I'm still working on that. But but yeah, that's that's my story. I think, and not many people use that story. I don't know, Pat. Have you ever heard a story like that? You know, I met I met Jesus while on LSD. That's incredible. I love that. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. All right. So because when people say you're tripping, you're like absolutely, and that Jesus changed my what's life. What's happening? <laughs> All right. So Pat, talk to me about how did you come to know Christ? My story is a little different. <laughs> that's okay. okay. All of our stories are different. <laughs> no, I, I actually finished a song last year. That a couple lines from that song go: I wasn't lucky. I was blessed. I had two parents who strove for righteousness. So I, I was lucky. I was born into a Christian family and two parents that uh, made sure that myself and my younger brother um, learned about God, learned to love the Lord. And um, I became a Christian when I was nine years old. And um, But I've also been the prodigal son because I have drifted, went out into the world and had to, uh, had to come back. So we're talking today with Pat Simmons from bikesforchrist.com, bikes the number four Christ.com, and John Dengler from Well Built Bikes. You can find them online at bikeshoptampa.com. These two guys run bike ministries with different permutations, but they're both touching bicycles on a daily basis. Let's talk about how these ministries started. Pat Simmons with Bikes for Christ, talk to me about how did you get into this bike ministry? Basically, I had been wanting to find something that I could combine my passion of cycling with my passion for helping people. And um, so I'd gone on a trip to Nicaragua a couple years ago. I'd came back, and if you if you go on a trip like that and you see the just utter poverty that people are living in, and you can't come back to the United States and appreciate what we have here and want to help the people here, the less fortunate, I think there's something wrong with you. So finally, after I got involved in um, uh, Amazing Love Ministries and we started feeding the homeless and uh, got involved with a couple other ministries. And then finally that light bulb goes off and on top of my head and I say, oh my gosh, these people need transportation. And that's when I started Bikes for Christ because I had finally found the the what I was truly looking for to combine with my love of cycling. All right, we're going to get into exactly what you do after we hear a little bit of John Dengler's story. All right, John, how did the Lord lead you into BikeShopTampa.com? Okay, so I had that acid trip, right, and I come to Jesus, and then over time I start hearing, like, Christians and people that are into Jesus, they go to church, and so I'm like, I should go to church. And I never was really in love with getting in a room and singing what I thought were bad songs and just, you know, doing that. And I felt like, well, something's wrong with me, <clears throat> but I read the Bible and I see things like Matthew 25 and Jesus is like, if you want to find me, you need to look among the poor, the hungry, the hurting, the naked. The... And so I'm like, so I went looking in the city and I met poor people, homeless people. And I encountered God there in a way that transformed me and continued to lead me and transform me. And I listen. And as I listen, people tell me, here's what we need. Here's what we, Here's where we're going. And as 
these neighbors became friends and brothers, they began to teach us. And along the way, people were like, hey, it's a really hard city to get around. <laughs> Those is. of us that have bikes, it's a game changer. Uh, this and, and so li- I wasn't into bikes. I didn't have a love for cycling. I'm trying to develop it. I'm like, oh, we're, we're doing bikes now? Okay, yep. Yeah, we're doing bikes now. That's a great tool. Uh, and I'm learning alongside them. They're teaching me. They're leading me. But that's how, like, really God has led me uh, through these friends and mentors that are on the streets. And these guys are both from Tampa Bay. As we highlight, you know, this month of January, Martha and I just dedicated January to Tampa Bay. We're just all on, on incredible ministries in Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay, if you've not been here, you know, we're surrounded by water. And the public transportation is highly inadequate for those in need you cannot ride a bike safely across the bay to get to another community if you do try you will probably get arrested on several of the bridges they won't like you do like you to do that and it's just honestly it's stinking dangerous to ride a bike around here i mean the guys that you're getting bikes to both you guys they understand that they're taking their lives into their own hands by getting on a bike yeah Uh, not that it's safe to walk either but I mean, that's just, okay, we're not getting that. Just traffic in Tampa. All right. Pat, your ministry is called Bikes for Christ. Online bikes, the number four, Christ.com. What is it that you're doing with bikes? Well, again, first and foremost, the bicycles are donated, and then we— uh, so Let's just deal with that right now. How do people donate bikes to bikesforchrist.com? Okay. They can go to our website. We've got a donation link on our website at bikes, the number four, Christ.com. Um, there is a form, just fill that out. Um, then once I wanted a good way to distribute the bikes because I want them to go to good homes. And so what we do is we work with about 30 organizations now here in the Bay area. Those organizations have their own case managers that work directly with clients. That way they can vet out who really has a need because we want to make sure that these bikes are going to good homes. We don't want uh, the bikes being turned around and, and sold for drugs or cat or sold just for cash or, or whatever else. You know, people that are actually going to use the bikes to better absolutely, their lives. absolutely. But let's just go back to okay. But you're getting bikes. You said that 85 percent of them need work. Correct. So who's doing the work? Okay, um, I am blessed to have we we got a new music minister at our church a couple years, not even a couple years ago. His his name's David Burt. And David is a fanatical cyclist as well, and he wanted to start something at First Baptist Dover. And someone goes, well, hey, Pat's already got something. You need to talk to him. So we talked, um, and he has built out a room at the church, and he fixes the bikes up. It's also a great way to teach the, the youth some skills as far as fixing bicycles up. So he fixes the bikes up there. And then, like I say, as the orders come in from the organizations we work with, we fill those orders and have those bikes delivered to them. Hmm. And those organizations, what kind of organizations are you working with? Are, we, can you can you name them? Is sure, okay? Okay. sure. I just, mean, just, just we, a couple of them. We work with some of the, the biggest around, like, uh, for instance, Metropolitan Ministries. Okay. Uh, in Brandon area, we work with ECHO, uh, the Women's Resource Center. I mean, it's quite quite a few and and we're really veteran focused as well okay. we reserve our best bicycles for our veterans hmm. okay very cool all right john dingler i know just from our conversation back at the last ncf meeting where we met well-built bikes or online at bikeshoptampa.com you're getting these bikes they're in similar condition they're a mess right you're, you're rebuilding bikes from scratch right yep. okay but you're you doing a little bit differently you're involving some people in this yeah, so this, like I said, things grew out of this place we were running. And so 
you know, we had this drop-in center. We we're hanging out with folks, and we did food, showers, all this stuff. And then one day, a volunteer rides bikes, and we start like, I'm like, hey, help this guy fix a bike. And then it, here's some tools. Keep doing that. And this kind of evolved. So over the last three years, um, so one day she gets like 20 bikes donated. I bought a re- um, shipping container, put it on the property. We called it the recycle bin. It was like, if you need a bike, you can go out there and figure out how to build one. And so people would go out and start working on bikes. Well, over three years, we saw over a thousand bikes go out and people were learning how to work on bikes and working on them. And so as we, I mean, really, we got kind of run out of that neighborhood as it gentrified. People don't want poor folks on that street no more. So we moved along and I've been, that's the second neighborhood that's happened. So I'm reformatting uh, as a business, something people might be happy to have on the block. And so we've launched Well-Built Bikes uh, where we are working with folks. We're rebuilding, refurbishing these bikes um, we're taking the cream of the crop of those bikes to sell, to create a revenue stream to pour back into our earn a bike program. So what we do is if someone says, look, 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 I need a bike. We're going to have you put 10 hours of community service in. Most of those are done with us. Some are done with partner agencies where you invest that time and you purchase bike, you purchase your bike with time basically. And then we work alongside folks to kind of build those bikes up and get them ready for, to meet those needs. I love that you brought up gentrification. Cause that's a word that, you know, most people don't know what it means they, mm-hmm. it, because it's presented out there that, hey, we're just cleaning up the neighborhoods. That's what gentr- gentrification, it's even a hard word to say. Mm-hmm. Yet what it really ends up doing, and this is something I've just been learning in the last year, what it really ends up doing is it chases it chases out people that have lived there all their lives and makes it too, because they clean it up and makes it too expensive for them to move back in. You know, TPD actually ended up getting an investigation um, on, and, and it's about bikes. So you can like, I forget the article biking while black in Tampa basically, but it was our neighborhood and surrounding neighborhoods where cyclists actually majority black, but 100% poor people riding bikes in that neighborhood. Don't have a light on the wrong side of the road. Like any violation of a bicycle law, they were, that was our Tampa's version of stop and frisk for a long time to target that population to kind of move them along because rising property values and new folks moving in, you know, and uh, cops and code enforcement are, at their service, you know? Right. And it's one of those things you're, you're battling because there are some people that would abuse that privilege. Yeah. And there are some people that are using that privilege in order to help make themselves better. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, you got good, there's, there's, there's always good, there's good and bad on both sides of that. Always. So Pat, when you, um, you guys are fixing these bikes, have you thought about, ever thought about involving other people helping train? Well, you said you're training youth on how to do it. Yeah, we do. We have, uh, trained some youth at the church. Um, but one of the things we're in discussion of doing right now is, like I say, I, I serve down at Amazing Love Ministries uh, every Monday night, and we're start. We've been talking about starting a bike program uh, there, and having some bikes fixed up there, and also having like a earn your own bike kind of thing as well. Um, so yeah, we we want to go in that direction. We just we just haven't done so yet. All right. On our work for him today, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. As you're just getting off work and you're tuning in or if you've been listening, we're talking with two gentlemen today who run ministries having to do with bicycles. We've got John Dengler with Well-Built Bikes. You can find him online at bikeshoptampa.com, bikeshoptampa.com. And we got Patrick Simmons. Pat Simmons, as he goes by, bikesforchrist.com, bikes, the number four, christ.com. Both of these guys are using bicycles to help people Better their position, doing kingdom work, helping people move from poverty out of poverty. John, Pat, welcome back to I Work For Him. 
I wanted. I want to get back into that was underwhelming, John. I'm still waiting for you to actually talk, sir. Thank you. Thank you. That's much better. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I, just for the people tuning in, I love that. Thank you. Just for the people tuning in, talk to me about Bikes for Christ, Pet. What is Bikes for Christ all about? What are you doing? Basically, we get donated bicycles. We. How, how do you get people? I mean, how do people know to donate their bikes to you? Um, how we act. How I actually built uh, us up was actually just using Facebook. Okay. social media uh to get the word out that we were looking for a few a few bicycles in the beginning to to help out the needy to help out a veteran that was trying to get back on their feet um and then it just it just took off um but um sorry not for so you're fixing no so so what are you doing bikes for christ what's it doing today okay what we're doing now is we work with about 30 organizations here in the tampa bay area they vet their clients out um, that are in need, determine if the need is real, and then we do, we bring the bicycle to them. And with every bicycle we give out, we also give a Bible in hopes that we plant the seeds that will continue to grow, get them on the right path in this life, and get them into God's eternal kingdom. Who's supplying the, bi- the Bibles? The Bibles? Um, well, I've found that Dollar Tree has is, is become one of my go-to places as far as uh, picking up Bibles. But they only have Bibles. the King James Version, though, don't they? Or do they have the NIV? Just King James version. That's I, rough, though. Come I, on. I, someone told me it's the only real version. That's uh, what I heard. No, they're wrong. <laughs> it, it was the only. It was the first version ever in English, but it's four hundred years old, and they have developed so much. I mean, people love it. It is a poetic language, and there are many people who say yes, it is the only one. But the, <laughs> when you look at today's translations, because King James is a translation as well, today's translations have four hundred plus more years of research into them. And we know so much more about ancient languages today than we did 400 years yeah, ago. Yeah, but they don't have unicorns. Uh, unicorns are cool. That is true. But, <laughs> but they don't mention unicorns yes. in the Bible. No. King they, James does. It but says unicorn? We, we should probably get we back probably to should bikes. get back to bikes. <laughs> Thank you, John, for that little... Okay. But we got to get people a Bible, Pat Simmons, that they can read easily. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of people that aren't necessarily educated well enough. Most people aren't educated well enough to read the King James. Right. How, how do we get you into a big supply of NIVs? What about the Pocket Testament League? You ever well, talk with them? Yes. And I actually have just recently received... Uh, some from them, uh, Lighthouse Ministries out of Lakeland. They allow us to pick up Bibles at their um, uh, thrift store location. So I get Bibles that way as well. But we also want to make sure that we're giving something age appropriate. We don't want to give a King James Version to a four-year-old. So at Dollar Tree, I've actually found there are um, books, scriptural-based books and texts there that you can give uh, to a child that a child's going to understand, you know, it'll be Moses in cartoon form, you know, sure. and he can, he can, he can wrap his, wrap his head around that where, you know. He, do you need, do you need additional suppliers of Bibles? Cause there's people listening today going, oh, I could help him get absolutely, Bibles. Absolutely. Absolutely. That we always have a need for, for Bibles in any, in any, uh, you know, scriptural books. All right. Bikesforchrist.com. Bikesforchrist.com. We'll get back to Pat Simmons in a minute. John, are you giving Bibles out with your bikes? Uh, no, I don't get Bibles out. Uh, hmm. I mean, I, I, I'll take all the Bibles y'all got. I'll take whatever you got. Honestly, we'll put it to use. Any resource I get my hands on, I'm going to find a way to use. But no, I'm 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 interested in the relationships. Okay. And bikes so are a way that talk, we do that, right? Talk about, you know, as you look at bikeshoptampa.com, mm-hmm. you know, sponsored, but really by, it's Well Built Bikes of Ministry. Could you not buy that website or something or what? Well Built Bikes wasn't available or? 
dot uh, org was, dot but org I couldn't was. get the dot com, and uh, yeah, that's all got that was. It. I got uh-huh. it. So bike shops, bike shop, Tampa dot com, bike shop, Tampa dot com. Talk to me what your ministry is all about. Well built bikes. Yeah. So really, this has grown out of uh, just a group of folks, a ministry known as the Well, that just dedicated our ourselves to standing with kind of the poor, the homeless, the neighbors in need throughout our city, and and this Well built bikes kind of grew out of that. It's it's a it's a way that we're kind of targeting a real so okay. We ran into a lot of needs. You see people in need, they need a they need some clothes, they need some sure. food, they need and those things are obvious and we can meet those needs. But under those needs there's deeper issues. Uh issues often like lack of ownership or lack of access. And ownership of a means of transportation actually gets at a deeper issue and seem like a more strategic way for us to stand with our neighbors in need and they can meet many of their own needs when we meet that deeper issue. And so it closes up the city, it opens up its economy, it opens up opportunity. It, it actually gives freedom of transportation and opportunity to get around. And, and we've even seen people get a bike and then build a business with that bike, uh, strap a trailer with a lawnmower onto it and start mowing lawns. And I, we've seen a dude go, I'm going to go now visit my son in Jacksonville because I got this huffy. I'm like, you're crazy. And then he showed back up with his bike and he I learned how to work on it on the road and I just saw my son and but so that's what we're doing and but what I'm to me like like I said and I I repeat a lot but bikes are a tool everything we're doing is an excuse because really it's standing with one another and you know like I said my whole story goes back to going I'm I was trying to find Jesus and like there's clues that he left like I'm gonna you should probably be with the hungry and the poor and the hurting and the naked and I went and looked there and and made a bunch of friends and then and then bikes emerged Right. So it's something we're doing. So what do you when you look at the impact of bike shop Tampa dot com, when you look at the ministry of well-built bikes, how what, what are you seeing as the impact? I mean, you're, you're providing transportation. You're also you're teaching them a skill, teaching them how to put their hands to work, which I love that. Mm-hmm. What, how, talk about the impact as you get to share life with them, the, the relationship. You keep going back. Mm-hmm. It's about relationships. What are you seeing? I mean, how many years have you been doing this? Bikes for a few, about three years. Okay, so Um, in three years, what kind of impact are you seeing? So, okay, that's a. I have a hard time answering that. And the reason is I go, well, I see enormous impact in the lives of many individuals. So it's a game changer for someone that's on the streets. Like you can't get around and all of a sudden you can get to all these things. I mean, I went and spent a few nights on the streets with some friends just to kind of walk in their shoes. And I'm telling you what, you got to walk all day day to get from breakfast to lunch to dinner just to eat or find a place to shower and then find a place to hide and sleep and you're not allowed to stop anywhere if you're on the streets because it's basically illegal to be homeless in tampa you always have to be on the move a bike is a game changer for that you and it opens up a world of opportunity so the impact in an individual's life is huge but for me like a lot of what we're doing with the bikes and other things that the well does as well is that it's like symbolic action we're trying to rehearse a reality that we dream of we're trying to rehearse the coming kingdom to 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 walk it out in some concrete way and we pray for an impact beyond the bikes or even the ministry but to be like a symbol to our city of a different way of a different culture of a different world and, a, and, and it doesn't a, have to cost millions of dollars no, it does not cost millions of dollars. No. I mean, what do you? What, I mean, what's your but to do what you're doing? How many bikes are you flushing through well-built bikes during the year? I mean, how many? How many are coming in, getting fixed, and going out? Just guess. Yeah, we collect what seems like an eternal amount of bikes, so that's and they're not piling possible. up. Okay, but what, what do you? I mean, you think it's a uh, well, thousand bikes? 
close. Uh, oh, yeah, at least. Uh, but that they cr- that we crank them out. Yep. I will say, since we launched this business, we are way behind on getting the work done in terms of the bikes because we've been building up this business and changing our face and moving and all that. Uh, but but we could put out we could put out a lot of bikes, but we've slowed down the production of them right now because we well we've reformatted substantially. So because we opened up a storefront retail storefront and we're doing and so as we've and we've remodeled this earn a bike program. Um, I mean, we've done, I, mean, we're, I would say we've done like a half a dozen just, you know, whatever this month and we'll just keep plugging away at those, but we're walking with folks and putting in those hours and time right. and developing relationships. So it's a little slower pace. Uh, if I could turn them around, I mean, I have a ton of bikes. We can, we can crank them out all day. In fact, Pat, I'm glad we're connecting because I might have plenty of bikes that you guys can use as well. Um, like we could share, we should be sharing. We should yeah, be working together. I, I agree. I mean, we have, we have plenty of bikes right now but again it's just a matter of getting the getting the bikes fixed and getting right. them into the, the people's hands that need them so when, pat when you hand out a bike you, you said you're working with 30 minute 30 organizations throughout tampa bay to, to disseminate these bikes out to to people do you supply those bikes with a lock um we haven't been that's something um as it just up to this point, it really hasn't been in our budget. Now, okay. now it, it, we're going. That is definitely something we're going to start doing. But if somebody, that's something that somebody could adopt. Not only somebody to help you get Bibles that everybody can read and, and scriptural material, but somebody could provide bike locks. Absolutely, because these Absolutely. guys need bike locks. Because if those box bikes aren't locked up, those things become mobile, and now all of a sudden they lose their transportation again. Yep. The entire time we've been doing this, people say, "What do you need?" I say, "I need lights, I need locks, and I need helmets." And nobody bites. I don't understand. We need lights. We yeah. need locks. I was going to lights yeah. next. I mean, the lock. <laughs> you need a lock first, and then the lights. There's some. You can find some pretty cheap lights yeah. that that and they those new LED ones. You press a little button, and they you can see them for half a mile. Yeah. It's amazing. But help. You can't get people to volunteer that stuff. We haven't. We we do give them right. out, but it just costs us money. All right. So here's the deal, people listening. This is a ministry. These ministries can be reproduced anywhere in the country. Transportation is needed in the urban areas all across the country. Yeah. There are desperate needs for bikes to be donated, but money to be donated to buy locks, to buy helmets, and to buy lights for these bikes because these bikes are way safer when they got blinking lights on them and the people have a helmet because I don't know if you've noticed here in Florida maybe it's Arizona maybe it's Texas all the places where people go vacation they don't look right or left they just turn and sometimes there's a bike there and if you have a helmet on at least you're going to save your head all right you're listening to I work for him with your host Jim Brangenberg we're talking about bikesforchrist.com and bikeshoptampa.com two ministries focused on helping people get mobile and helping people meet Jesus We'll be right back with more from Pat Simmons and John Dengler as you hear more of their stories and how you can get involved. But in the meantime, check out these two websites, bikeshoptampa.com, bikes, the number four, christ.com. But there are people all over our cities across this great nation who are riding bikes, no matter what the weather is. They're riding bikes because that is their only mode of transportation in order to be able to get work, in order to be able to eliminate their, their, uh, their need for housing, their need for clothing, their need for food. They need bicycles to get there. We're talking with two ministry leaders today, Pat Simmons and John Dengler. You can check out these two websites, bikeshoptampa.com and bikes4christ.com. Pat, let me just go back to you on this. How does you helping the, you're working with 30 organizations around Tampa to, to disseminate these bikes out there. How is giving somebody a bike creating 
jobs, creating freedom, making opportunity, and giving them the opportunity to know Christ? Well, number one, it's going to allow them to number to to go out and get a job because most of the time the job that that they're looking for is not going to be right next door. They're going to have to go searching for it. So the bike enables them to get out and find that job. Then they get the job. Well, they've also got a family a lot of times. Okay, they may have small kids. Guess what? Every kid deserves a bicycle. We want to make sure we get bicycles to those kids as well. They may have kids that are a little bit older. They go to school. It allows the kid to get to school and back. So that's going to help with his education. Um, and again, with our uh, our biggest priority is our veterans. And, you know, a lot of them, unfortunately, suffer uh, with, with different uh, types of ailments. And they have doctor's appointments. So it, it may allow them to get to the doctor. It may just be used for, for work purposes. Um, but... It, Ultimately, once, you know, they receive these bikes, again, a Bible goes along with everyone, and we want to make sure that um, they do come to Christ, that they they do know that God loves them. We love them by showing God's love through giving a bike to them, and hopefully they will get on the right path in this life and get to God's eternal kingdom. Mm. That's why I love the pocket testamently because they're light, they're easy for them to shove in, and it always has a, hey, here's who Jesus is, here's how you can make it. I mean, it, it spells it out really nice, and it's the book of John. And you can't read the book of John and come away with anything but, I don't believe any of this because I'm ignorant or, wow, Jesus did all that? He has to be the Son of God. I mean, you, you get Absolutely. two conclusions when you come back. You can't come away from there going, ah, good teacher. Nah, doesn't work that way. Yep. John Dengler, as you look at the impact you're making on communities, your your bike shop now is in what community? Well, the bike shop's actually in University Mall, so okay. we're right right near USF and Suitcase City. Okay, so Suitcase City, got it. Okay, you you've been chased around that those neighborhoods because of of the kind of clientele that you have. Well, we're good where we are now. Okay. Uh, but it was Ebor and Tampa Heights that were the two neighborhoods that we've watched transition over the last 10 years or so. And yeah, they're changing demographics quickly. So how are you getting bikes to those people in those rougher areas so that they can get out of those rougher areas? Because being being on the USF campus, I mean, that's six, seven miles north of downtown. That's not an easy place for somebody to get to. How are you getting those bikes to the people that need that freedom? Well, what's interesting is a lot of the people that were downtown as that's transition. So the city limit is right there at Fowler. It's basically where University Mall is, oh, okay. and everyone's been pushed to Suitcase City, and it's the county's problem now. So incidentally, it was a strategic place for us to go because that's where all of our friends were going anyway as they closed down housing projects and they ran everybody off. And I mean, there still are folks downtown, and I live kind of, you know, we have friends. We live throughout the city. We, we know where people are. Um, but it's, it's doable, and also we're in a neighborhood where a lot of folks don't have cars, and there's a lot of need for that transportation as well. What is the big, as you have spent time and developed relationships with people who are homeless and jobless, what is, what's their biggest, you know, a lot of people, we, we have a lot of misperceptions, misconceptions about yeah. that populace. Yeah. Help us a little bit. Give us two minutes, a two-minute diatribe on that. Yeah, so they're human beings. They're people like you, and when you sit down and listen to people, you realize how much like each other you are. So, you know, when we all, we all, you know, people go, I don't know, they're lazy or they're dysfunctional or they're this or that. It's like, so am I, or so are you, but 
you have the means to not have your life fall apart because of that. And then they're beautiful and they're smart and they're intelligent. Um, a lot of folks um, that so homelessness as a as a phenomenon really I think has grown because of in the eighties we closed all the mental wards. So we kind of have open asylum is a huge mental illness population. And there's just, that is not something to point a finger at. That's something that we as a society have dropped the ball on and people need to commit to being there for those that are left out. And, and mental illness is a, is a major component. Now, sometimes that's self-medicated with drugs and some, you know, there's other things that we see as symptoms, but that's a major problem that's there. And it's something that goes unaddressed or even have fingers pointed at it, you know? Well, and and that is true. When they closed down the asylums in the eighties, I mean, that was I remember them talking about it. Like, this is going to create a unique situation. Yeah, in they our live country. in your alleys now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we complain about them, and we put them in jail instead, which is a reinstitutionalization, but not with doctors, with law enforcement, and that is not better. Right, it's just not it's not a good fit. Pat, when you look at bikes for Christ and what you want to do next, what is the biggest thing you want to grow as part of that ministry? I just want to continue, you know, number one, to share share the message, share the gospel. Um, but ultimately, I do, God willing, um, want to expand this business. Currently, we um, cover about four counties, but primarily uh, our, our main focus is Hillsborough County. But we cover four counties, um, and I want to continue to grow this. I'd love to see us nationwide one day. Um, Again, that's in God's hands. But if, if there's somebody listening, though, Pat Simmons uh, from BikesForChrist.com, and they say, <clears throat> I'd like to do that. I'd like to do what Pat and John are doing. You guys are doing different things, but you're really serving. You're serving those underprivileged in the community, the ones that Jesus said, hey, whatever you do under the least of these, you're doing it unto me. If somebody calls you from L.A. or somebody calls you from Philadelphia or somebody calls you from Pittsburgh or Minneapolis, will you help them figure out how to set that up in their city absolutely absolutely and i mean it's it's definitely a learning experience they they would uh i you know i i've learned every day i'm i'm still learning and we're still growing but i'd absolutely love to help somebody start this somewhere else john dengler from bikeshoptampa.com bikeshoptampa.com when you if somebody's somebody's here in your heart they learned you went out and the Lord just, because you didn't know better, you just went out and lived among the people that Jesus called the least of these. You read the Bible and the Bible said, hey, that's where you're going to find me. Yeah, you should go do something, yeah. <laughs> you should go do something. <laughs> so because you didn't have a, a, any preconceptions, that's what you went and did. And you've developed a relationship with people that are the least of these. How can, if somebody's listening to you today, and, we're, and this podcast is going to go out for years, when if somebody's hearing us today, are you willing to sit down and talk to somebody on the phone and be able to share with them how to get started doing what you're doing in a city somewhere else in the country? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I, I mean, every one of our cities has piles of bikes that otherwise end in a landfill and piles of people that are being wasted as well. And if these two undervalued resources are coupled together, we can change our cities, and and we can put we can keep those things out of landfills and keep these people off the streets or out or out of isolation from one another. And I want to see, I'm like, this is something you should be, you should be doing and you should stand with these people and you should value these resources and put them together. And what I would love to do if I could find funding or grants is actually the shipping container worked out great. And that's something I could build little bike shops in. And I would love to, you call me and be like, I'm going to 
if you have a spot, I'm gonna come drop one of these and then and then coach you through the process to like there's your recycle bin. Let's see what you could do with it. Here's because all you need is a toolbox and a commitment. You know what I mean? And then go oh, and a truck. You need a truck and a or a friend with a and, truck. And you have to have access to YouTube so you can learn how to do it. That's it. That's yeah. it. You need a truck, so you mean so you can go pick them up. Yeah. By the way, if anyone wants to help pick up stuff like not just bikes but we do food distribution clothes we need help we got people calling us all the time pick up this pick up that drop off this drop off that we could really use some some drivers uh and and during work hours so if you're retired or whatever retirement is not biblical so if you were looking at your second half or somewhere to plug in (laughs) bikeshoptampa.com and pat simmons you said the same thing bikesforchrist.com you can i mean you guys can both use some help but let's talk about your specific needs because we're praying very specifically right now that somebody listen to this podcast whether it's today or five years from now Please contact me, Jim at iWorkForHim.com, if you are connected to a helmet manufacturer, a lock manufacturer, a cable manufacturer, like bike cables, locks, and a bike light manufacturer. These guys need, and there are, I am sure there's ministries like theirs all over the country, we just don't know about them, that need these things because it. they need these people getting these bikes, need lights, they need helmets, they need locks, and they need cables to lock their bikes up. Pat Simmons, John Dengler. Thank you so much for being an I work for him today and Thank sharing your story. Hey, man, really thanks appreciate for having it. us. I, yeah, I, may God just bless this work that you're doing in amazing, amazing ways. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I hope that this conversation has challenged you to get involved in your community as you hear what John and Pat are doing. Our mission is clear. Work hard. Play hard. Pray harder. Introduce all those we work and live alongside to the freedom we have in Jesus. It's about intentionality. It's about being willing to say each and every day, I work for him.